Welcome to the Soil and Stars podcast. This is a podcast about living a meaningful life in all ways. We'll talk about astrology and other wisdom traditions, creativity, natural health, spirituality, and all sorts of practical day-to-day life stuff. I'm your host, Molly Moorhead. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. So this is the second episode here. And the funny thing is, is I've actually recorded a few conversations that I just have to, you know, finish editing and share and, you know, just get the kind of other pieces together for that. But none of them were about astrology. And that's like the main thing I'm doing really other than this podcast. And like, that's kind of my, that's kind of my thing. And I didn't weave it into those conversations because it just would have felt a little forced. Like I had this idea that maybe I would chat with people like about whatever the thing, the main thing was, but then talk a little bit about their chart with them. But that just felt a little bit forced and shallow. Like I'm not saying it would be that for everyone who was doing that, but that was just how it was feeling. And I was like, I want to really just do more of a deep dive with astrology and, you know, regularly, like, I think it would be really lovely to do a chart reading, like for some person who is excited to have their chart talked about on a podcast. Uh, Like, I think that would be a really nice thing to do because then we could actually go deep. But what I'd really been thinking about lately is how astrology can be used as a supportive thing, or it can really be, you know, kind of actually make your life a lot worse. Like if you have a parent for instance, who's saying, oh, it's because you're a Gemini or whatever. Like there's just so many ways that it can be kind of used to hurt people. And I think a lot of people have experienced that. Like I've certainly heard that mentioned. And I'm reading a book where there's a, a character who does that. And it's not entirely, she doesn't entirely use it in this case it's Chinese astrology in a way that I would say is hurtful like in a lot of ways it seems like it's really soothing but uh certain things are kind of like yeah having this effect of like closing closing things down as opposed to opening things up and so I wanted to spend some time talking about like how I work with astrology for myself uh regularly and kind of a more just like just like easy day-to-day kind of way and like how it's been useful and helpful and there's really no better person for me to have that conversation with so I'm not just kind of monologuing uh, there's no better person for me to have that conversation with than my partner who I've just been doing this with for years and years and we've both you know had that experience of uh, fe- feeling so seen validated and so supported by working with astrology so I asked her if she would come on the show and chat with me about it she's not an astrologer she's an acupuncturist and you know among other among other things uh uh, her name is Kate Kane if you don't know her and yeah we're just gonna talk about how astrology has helped us in our own personal lives and then also in our relationship and we talk about the Enneagram a little bit too because it's been it's been really clarifying and helpful for our relationship. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy and, uh, you know, find that this is helpful and useful to you, too. Uh, let's see. I don't have any major announcements. I'll just say I am super excited about the Patreon 
like nothing's happening there yet, but I feel like, I feel like it could. My goal is to be able to get some more support around the podcast, not because I have any dislike in editing it or, or anything. Like I'm, I kind of, am always interested in things like that, but it feels like a really nice way to get support would be to hire someone to do it. And like, that would kind of free me up to focus on some other stuff and also to get some better equipment so that I can do in-person interviews uh, with more ease and kind of in the field kind of interviews. So that's like my, that's my dream in terms of the Patreon that it's supportive for that. I'm, you know, not able to do those things until this is generating income. So that's your invitation to contribute to the Patreon if you are moved and motivated and that feels really good to you. I think my Substack newsletter is including buttons now that say, uh, like, they invite people to pledge for if I were to go paid with my Substack, and I'm not sure how to change that, and I might not be able to change it while I'm still using Substack, but I'm not ever planning on going paid with my Substack. Like, I I want it to always be a free newsletter, not a paid newsletter, because that's more for, like, journalists, independent journalists, and like fiction writers and stuff, and that's not what I'm doing at, at this point. Maybe it will be later. Uh, the writing, not the, the not the journalism, but uh, so it's really the Patreon that would be like, yeah, just for folks who maybe you don't want a reading right now, but you do want to support. Like that would be the place to go. So the links are all below. Uh, of course, you can book a reading with me if you're inspired to do that, and I have my know your chart, know yourself workshop that you can get and that's $25 great for beginners it's also would be great just for somebody who um you know you just want to listen to something and do something else at the same time if you like the audio format and yeah that's about it so that that's what I got and on with the show thank you again so much for being here um I'm really honored I'm really honored I look at my I look on Anchor and I see, oh my God, people listen to the show. This is fantastic. (laughs) So yeah, thanks so much. All right, here we go. All right, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I know it was a little bit short notice and I'm always kind of roping you into my projects. I'm I'm so glad you're here to talk with, uh, to talk about astrology and about our charts. Well, thank you so much for having me. I um, get an opportunity to be a child of Mercury, which may or may not be explained later. But uh, in all honesty, thank you for having me. Aw, appreciate it. So Kate's not an astrologer, but in a lot of ways you were like part of how I got deeper in because when we met and really liked each other, you're like, what are your signs? And I didn't even know my birth time. You know, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) 2008. (laughs) Yeah, so just to clarify... uh, Uh, Molly and I, for those of you who don't know us, Molly and I have an age difference, and my youth as a younger lesbian was spent uh, in many places in New York, but one of them was in the bars of New York, which, I kid you not, it was a major thing for one lesbian to say to another, what's your sign? So... Would they say sign, not signs? Yeah, what's your sign? Back then, yeah. Or when were you born? Yeah. Trying to, like, sleuth it out. Like, oh, when were you born? Yeah, it's kind of (laughs) like if I knew what I know now back then, I may have not gotten into some kind of crummy relationships and maybe found some amazing relationships, but it all worked out. 
Well, and the famous story, which you stopped telling because it hurt my feelings, was uh, when you said you were in Aries. I was like, what did I say? Ugh. I know, you guys. <laughs> Something to that effect. Yeah, because, like, the backstory is the person I had dated, the woman I had dated right before Kate, was also in Aries. So, sorry, if you're hearing our cat, it's because, yeah, our cat is like, why are you not petting me right now? Sorry, everyone. But so I was dating this woman who was also in Aries, but she was also an alcoholic, and there were some issues, I think, probably with that part of the, the thing, not so much the Aries part of the thing so when Kate's just like I'm in Aries I was just like fuck my life <laughs> did, you, did you remember what I said yes. when you said you were a Capricorn you said that your father was a Capricorn and you loved Capricorns that's correct yeah and I was like oh that's nice uh, yeah but so that was like what are your signs and I'm like what are you talking about and flash forward I mean the whole point of of this conversation is I just wanted to share just kind of a behind the scenes of like what like we have kind of really learned from working with our charts over time that's been actually really useful you know because I feel like certain things just you forget immediately like it turns out that wasn't maybe it was important but you forgot so you, you don't know and other things I mean could be negative depending on the way that the astrologer or the book or what what have you presents it like you could almost kind of curse yourself through your beliefs totally and I don't want that <laughs> that's like not what I'm going for at all because that doesn't add like depth and meaning to your life that adds neuroses um, and so I wanted to just kind of give some firsthand examples of like learning and growing with our charts and Kate's the person I'm always talking about that with <laughs> and and you always like are selling yourself short in terms of you're like oh I don't really know astrology but you know a ton so I would love it if you would just start it off and like tell the story if you can of like the therapist who looked at your chart oh yeah like a million years ago <clears throat> right so um let's see so I always had this interest since being a young lesbian, because I had to know the answer of <laughs> what my sign was, but I didn't know a lot of things, um, obviously. And let's see, I think, yeah, one of the more uh, poignant stories of my life is I went through a series of therapists in the Bay Area, and some were good and some weren't so good. And one of my favorites was on our initial consultation when you figure out whether you even like each other she said um could I ask you for your birth date and time because I want to do I want to pull your chart and take a look at it before we continue and I thought oh great I don't I wasn't even sure if that at that point I'd even seen my own chart um so she did that and then the next time I saw her I have a uh Aries stellium in the 11th house I have a lot of Aries in my chart and she said, so I want to just start off by saying you have a lot of Aries in your chart and that's going to give you great things and that's going to give you challenges. But basically there are things about that you can't change is what I believe she said. So, you know, if people are having severe difficulty about those particular core things about you, those are just repetitive things. We're not even going to focus on that right now because that's just going to take up a whole bunch of our our time together. So I appreciated that. Yeah, I mean, because it's kind of at that point, it's like that's not your stuff, that's their stuff. Yeah, it's their reaction to 
you know, I'm just super fast. I'm just going to say what I want to say. Certain areas, things that happen that I can certainly, I don't want to take away my agency. I can do things to work on things, but yeah, I am a very Aries person. Well, then it's like there has to be a certain level of acceptance. It's like, yeah, you can modulate your speed or, or what have you, but there's like, I feel like you have a strong need for independence and um, time alone that you also want to be cozy. Like you want to be home, you want togetherness, but then you're like, I need to have my own time. Yeah. And that like, there's no, I mean, maybe everyone has that, but I think some people have that way less. Yeah. Yeah, I think she actually did say those two things. and was like, so we're not going to talk about that. (laughs) We're going to talk about other things. And I was like, great, I'm going to save money. (laughs) That's so great. I mean, it makes so much sense. And like, uh, I just love the way she framed it. Totally. And, um, yeah. What was the other one? I mean, you saw that astrologer before we moved. Yeah. Um, I don't, I should tell you, I don't think you have to talk as loud. Oh, I don't okay, mean great. you're talking yeah. too loud, but you don't have to try. Yeah, I think thanks. it's the mix pretty good. I must be nervous. I'll put that down. To Red nerves. button syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I went to see a. Oh, I didn't go to see. I was led to an astrologer by a friend of a call, a wife of a colleague, and this wonderful man. His name is Terry, and he did my chart. And this was before Molly and I moved to the Midwest. It was a big decision, but we knew we were going to make it, figuring out where we wanted to go, et cetera, et cetera. And I was making, would be making some big changes in my career. And it was hard for me to leave Oakland and all these other things. But, um, so he did the chart and then I got on the phone and he talked to me without me saying a word actually for about three hours. And I didn't tell him anything about my life. I didn't tell him I didn't tell him I was moving. I didn't tell him about anything about my career or my professional life. And he um, was amazing. And I think the really helpful one of the really helpful things is that in in some way that was kind of like the therapist, but different, he said, um, so I looked at your chart and I thought, this person doesn't have any problems. Like, <laughs> how can I help them? You know, like everything is, they're so lucky and fortunate and looks like everything's always going to work out for them. But, um, and then he put it down and then he picked it up a couple days later and was like, oh, okay. So obviously he told me all these things that have come true over time or immediately. And then he gave me, I think it was three of my biggest challenges and they are absolutely three of my biggest challenges. Um, yeah. And I don't remember them all. Maybe I do. I mean, I think one was, um, because I have a Capricorn moon, I don't really like to talk about my feelings very much. And because I have a Venus and Aries, I'm a little tough on the outside. And so he mentioned just kind of softening up Mm -hmm. and being able to cry and have grief and being able to trust people I remember that being one of them and then the other one was this um being so Aries but also having Saturn and kind of a interesting part in my chart that sort of slows me down like I have all this fire but then I have this earth that's what I remember him saying something like that you have like this interesting interplay with that yeah yeah so instead of taking off 
to high heights or whatever the analogy is going to be, something's always kind of slowing me down and I'm taking a long time to get to my goals or what I would perceive to be the finish line or something like that. And then, um, you could see that in your chart a couple ways, I think. Yeah. But like, did you feel when he's told you that stuff, like you felt validated, right? It wasn't like, how did you feel? I felt like that guy without knowing me, like I literally, I don't know if people understand, like I, I was quiet for three hours, which in itself is an amazing thing, (laughs) but like with a complete stranger, which is another amazing thing. And here was this person like literally told me so much about my life as a whole but also um like what we were making decisions about and what I personally was making decisions about and then he said that thing about how I had to look out for like working myself to death those were the three challenges I remember oh yeah 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 Yeah. but it was incredibly helpful and I feel like um my interest in astrology has just like tumbled forward and I don't know. I like, like, you know, we like personality systems, but like with astrology, it's nice to, um, like have interplay with the bigger cosmos and yet that bigger cosmos having a like interplay within myself, like in that happening at the same time. So I can have an idea of what my week might hold. Yeah. being like, oh, I'm having a little difficulty in, inside myself with, like, some interaction during the week. And not, like, being like, oh, it's the stars, which I could say that. But also being like, oh, okay, it's the stars, and I knew this was coming, or maybe I can work with something here. Yeah, like, when it's something gets, like, kicked up, like, a transit kicks something up. and Like, I never, you know, I never really look ahead unless it's an outer planet transit and everybody's kind of buzzing about it (laughs) i'm never like thinking about uh, you know venus or mars like whatever but then i'll just be living my life and maybe i will have something really odd happen like in a negative way or a positive way it actually could be whichever and so I'm it's usually you though who are like let's look at your transits today and we do and it's like something kind of obvious <laughs> something kind of obvious sometimes it's not like I remember that I couldn't find anything that day that I got fired oh, uh-huh. from the coffee shop I couldn't really find anything huh. so it's something might have been activated in like my zodiacal releasing time like some other timing technique sure. but I could not find a transit but usually it's like usually it's like spot on like when your brother huh. sent your mom's ring <laughs> oh my god that's crazy that's like that's actually an amazing story like Kate's brother um had been holding on to your mom's wedding ring like for years right because she had arthritis and couldn't wear it and just like passed it on to him sure Right, it was just, like, sitting, we think, in his sock drawer. Yeah, just in his sock drawer. <laughs> and I think every now and again he would say to you, like, oh, I should send you that ring. You could, like, sell it because yeah. he thinks it'd be worth a little more money. Like, he's never had to – he's never been out of money and had to sell family jewelry, you know? <laughs> Which I've done several times. Yeah, so <laughs> he doesn't know that you don't get as good of a deal as you might think for for doing that. Uh, so he, but he's like, oh, maybe Molly would want to wear it, whatever. And But he finally just, like – randomly quote-unquote you know FedExed it to our house after he'd been talking about it for five or six years and I got home before Kate and and saw the the envelope on the porch and 
Uh, and I was like, open it. Yeah, she said, open it. And I opened it, and it was this diamond ring from her mom that she, it's her mom's <laughs> wedding ring, but she can't, she can't wear it. She's still alive, but she can't wear it. And it was so beautiful. And then I looked, I was like, that's not something, and it fit me, and that's not something that happens ever. Like, that's never happened. Sure. Nothing like that's ever happened in my life. And so I was like, oh, I should look at my transits. And it was my Venus return, like, down <laughs> to the degree. <laughs> like, the hour that I opened right. the box. Venus is like, I love this juicy little gorgeous ring. Yeah, and it's like, of course, everyone has a Venus return every year, and I've never another year had, like, a, you know, because Venus is associated, rather diamonds are associated with Venus, and, like, um, fine jewelry is generally associated with Venus, but diamonds specifically, because Venus looks kind of like a diamond. It's like this beautiful big white star that's so bright, (laughs) and so, yeah, associated with diamonds. Um, So... You know, it's been, like, a couple of Venus returns since then, and I haven't had any more, like, random fine jewelry show up. <laughs> so I don't know what was different about that year. I haven't figured that out. But things like that, you're like, wow, it, it is an interesting feeling to feel like, oh, this stuff is real. Like, there's a sense, and it's not just like, oh, there's something to it. It's more like it explains a sense of interconnection with the cosmos. Yeah, totally. I think... Um uh, what sort? I mean, I don't know the types of. Tra- I'm sure I feel lots of different transity stuff. Um, but this thing that's been going on with Mars, and whenever Mars retrogrades, oh, yeah. I mean, I just want to go to bed like forever well, until and it's, it's been over. In your first, uh huh. Yeah, it's been in. It's been in her first house. Um, yeah, that's when you really feel it. Mm-hmm. I also think like, I don't know if you're going to talk about this later. or We're going to talk about it at all, but. With the horary stuff in my shoulder. Oh, yeah. That was really interesting. Because um, this horary thing, which I don't really know what Molly's doing. Although I can look at charts and be like, what about this? Kate's my secret sauce because she'll kind of grasp the general character of a chart instantly. And I'm kind of like really mentally just like parsing it all out. Just because like that's kind of how I was trained, you know, and I'll show it to Kate, and she's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it's always really relevant, so anyway. <laughs> right, yeah. It's that, like, famous story of the artist who went to art school and was like, oh, I can't be creative anymore, but, like, I never studied astrology, so I'm like, oh, what about that planet? <laughs> but, um, not saying you're not creative. No, no, but I feel like I'm, I'm more mental in, in that, though. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, so I asked Molly, um, well, I had the shoulder injury, which turned into frozen shoulder, which is an awful thing. I hope nobody out there has ever had it or ever gets it, but it's very common. And, <laughs> so good luck. <laughs> yeah, so good luck handling it when you do get it. But we have tips over here, um, many. But so I got frozen shoulder, and it was lasting a long time. I would wake up in the morning crying. <laughs> it's like, like really often, terrible. Yeah. If you take a really active person and you take like one of their shoulder uses away, if their shoulder use one of their shoulders away from them, it's like a like any injury, a real redefinition of yourself. You have to find out the new you, right? So I would say to myself, Oh my when is this ever gonna end? So I was like, I'm gonna ask Molly a horary question, which is it was either like um, you phrased it really funny. Is this going to end anytime? <laughs> yeah. Or 
how is this going to end? I'm not really sure what my question was. Well, yeah, I don't remember how you This is going to go on it. forever. Yeah, like, but you're kind of, you were kind of just like, what is the, where's the light at the end of the tunnel? Like, what's really going on? Yeah. Because you didn't have a diagnosis yet, even. It was just like, you didn't know it was frozen shoulder yet. It was just like... Like, it's like three months in, yeah, right? Yeah, and you were, that seemed long, but it lasted a lot longer than that. I think my question was, is this ever going to end? It's <laughs> sounding sort of familiar. And Molly looks at the chart and was like, well, no time soon. Yeah. It, <laughs> and I was like, looked, ah. It kind of looked like a year to me, but there's a few different, I feel like the reading the timing on a horary chart is, uh, it is a lot of practice and art. There's not one hard and fast thing and I was like gosh it looks like a year <laughs> it looks like a long time it looks like a year and I guess for for those of you tuning in who don't chat with me all the time about horary or like you know that's totally new it's a type it's a it's a type of astrology or a technique where you cast a chart for the moment of the question and it's something that I took a course in and I, I just really really love like I do natal but I do horary too and it's um it's very helpful for specific situations like we could have probably looked in your natal to see what was going like that could have been a natal chart question potentially Probably. you know but um certain things like whether or not it's a good idea to buy a car uh-huh. like that's not a natal chart question you wouldn't should find, i get surgery yeah you wouldn't really find it there and so um i mean some astrologers might have super cool techniques like you could look at 12th harmonic solar returns and like you could get you could get there but yeah i love horary for st- for things that are more specific but it's um yeah, we used it. That was my first. It's on my website, actually. That's what I put on my website as an example of a horary chart because um, it was the first one I ever did outside of school. Yeah, it was and, wild. And yeah, but it was kind of like difficult because it was like it was like well, it kind of looks like a year, and it's for medical stuff like that. It's not always super specific about what's wrong. You're just clear. You're like, yep, something's real wrong here. <laughs> I can tell the qualities of it. it, and it really has it really pointed to kind of a frozen quality. Um, and ultimately, especially after the fact, it did seem clear <laughs> that physical therapy might have been the thing. Yeah, totally. But we we didn't get that from the chart. Unfortunately, we got yeah. that from somewhere. But but you found your way. Like yeah, yeah it was interesting. Yeah. So that was really interesting. Uh, so yeah. That's my answer to that original question, whatever it was. Yeah, that's great. Um, about transits, like, I feel like I find that really useful, too, to, like, not necessarily look ahead, but to, when things are weird, be like, things are weird, take a pause, like, let's look at it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, you have to have a certain baseline knowledge to make sense of any of it, but uh, once you have that, then it can be kind of easy. So, like, I remember... Uh, I've just had a lot of activations around um, my second house and eighth house. Like I have a kind of a, I have kind of a crazy, I have a kind of a crazy planetary pileup in my second house natally, and it's um, Mars, the South Node, and Pluto. And I feel like I'm like, oh my god, I'm way oversharing. Everyone's gonna know all my problems now. But I have Mars, South Node, and Pluto, <laughs> like within a degree, all in my second house in the sign of Scorpio. My the whole sign house. Um, it's in my Sometimes it comes out in my first house using other house systems um, as, yeah, the kind of the end of the first house. But 
Um, in any case, they're all right there. And I've just like, I don't know, the past few years, a lot of that's been really activated. And that's so that has a lot to do with, uh, those are like the money houses. And uh, I had this interesting experience. I was actually in an online Qigong class and was just like in my room doing Qigong. But that was when it really hit me probably because I was just like moving and breathing that I just felt so overwhelmed with the shame that I hadn't gotten my money life more together. It's like I was like, I don't know, I'm 37 now. So I was whatever. I was in my 30s and I was just like overwhelmed with shame. Like to this, this, I mean, shame is such an awful, it's such an awful awful feeling. And when it comes upon one so strongly it's it's really overwhelming like I had to just get out of my qigong class and close my computer and sit on my floor and cry for a while and it just felt like this uh I'm kind of smiling about it now because it was a few years ago two or three years ago I guess but it it felt like this kind of bottomless uh thing and then I was like ooh, that just triggered something in me in my brain and it was like when you feel like a bottomless wellspring of shame, that's a Pluto transit. <laughs> it's very labyrinth. But yeah, that's a that's something that, that might just possibly might have something to do with your Pluto. Like either transiting Pluto is hitting something in your chart, like a sensitive point in your chart, or something a transiting planet is, you know, is hitting your natal Pluto. And so I looked at the I looked at the chart and I, I'm sorry that I don't remember what it was, but it was that. <laughs> It was um, it was something about um, I think a, I think a transiting planet was was uh, exactly squaring or something or exactly whatever my that whole pileup that I have in my in my natal second house and the thing about all of that is I think that there's something kind of relaxing when you see like okay well this is being activated right now like there's no way this is my new normal like this is coming up right now yeah Just, this too yeah, shall pass this too shall pass and I can work with it right now because yeah. our unconscious stuff basically is hard to work with because we don't see it and so then when it comes up we can actually when it when it sticks its head up it's like oh great this is like such a gift for sure because I can actually process some of the shame I don't have to carry I don't have to keep carrying all of it yeah you can do it in sushi bites too it doesn't have to be like totally and you have to yeah it would be impossible to take on (laughs) yeah no it's like you just do deal with what's presenting I think yep yeah like I can't let go of all my there's probably a whole other round of that. There's probably a lot more oh, rounds of that. Oh, many more, Yeah, yes. but that was just what it was at the time. It's the juice of life, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. You had the help, too, of the past however much time being like a Scorpio-Taurus eclipse. That's been interesting, yeah. I think in hindsight, I feel like I'll understand it a lot more. But yeah, I'm having that. That I'm having a nodal return happen right now, and that's more of that. It's like more second house and eighth house because that's my life for years. That's more fine. information you ever wanted mm-hmm. to know about your podcaster. I know, right? People, no people. <laughs> people ask me. <laughs> my SCC students, they ask me, <laughs> but I don't like to teach from my chart because it's distracting, you know. Uh, but it's it's not that I'm extremely private. Uh, but yeah, that's like the kind of dark, scary part of my chart, and that's an interesting thing actually when you're just exploring astrology like you're googling things whatever if you if you were to google you know 
Mars in Scorpio, Pluto in Scorpio, da da da, and you're trying to put it all together. You can get some kind of like scary. You can get some kind of scary things, but it's like, which is whatever it is. You know, it's like it's our responsibility to kind of run all of that through our filter. Because for me, like it, it hasn't been scary at all, but it can speak to um, it can speak to some challenges that I've had and some and some like power that I have that sometimes it's hard to access because it's in a cadent house on the south node but (laughs) like it can speak to challenges and gifts like it doesn't um if I were to read certain things I would think I'm a serial killer but (laughs) turns out I'm not (laughs) yeah I did I still do some of those things uh about planets and houses I'll look up in different systems but before I knew more or about the connections uh between planets in a chart it kind of could feel like being under a quilt of a lot of different opinions about me. That's true. <laughs> some some rang true, and some I ad- I either haven't figured out yet, or it just doesn't fit for me as much because of the interplay of other planets. I think when you read those things, too, it's like having had a little bit of practice writing them, you really have to, like, as a person writing, whether it's a horoscope or, like, a description of, yeah, like, Mars and Scorpio or, or whatever for, for a website or a book, it's like you have to make a lot of decisions and leave a lot out. So and you're kind of, like, trying to share something that would be useful for the most people. Mm-hmm. And some of it's just not going to, you know, based on other things in the individual person's chart, some of that will be entirely irrelevant. And because when you're writing a description to be helpful for the masses, it's just, you're just doing your best. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes sense. <laughs> what yep. you said. Um, what was the, oh, we were going to talk about our moons. That's interesting. Yeah, I was going to say that. Um, Another interesting thing for me about astrology is um, sometimes it gives me extra input of how people relate to each other, like how I might be relating to a friend or um, I really like this idea, going back to the therapist who said those things about my chart is sometimes uh, if I can think about say my mom has particular challenges in her chart like I really believe that some of it she just she just can't help it and (laughs) perhaps I'm having a difficulty accepting that you know like Mm. and that's kind of an age-old thing of like you really can't change anybody but you can decide how you want to interact with them I guess Mm -hmm. you know and that's a powerful thing yeah feels like it gives me more power and kind of gives her a little bit of a break right which really everyone deserves Mm -hmm. because we are all asking each other for that like I'm asking people to give me a break sometimes too you know yeah but yeah we were gonna say about it's definitely been helpful for our relationship Mm -hmm. this in the Enneagram although we've never like had our charts read together but we've read them together yeah 
I mean, I used to think like, oh, if I go and see someone, that'll answer all the questions. And sometimes it has. <laughs> like, it if you're starting out, or like, I don't know. I love to, I love to have other people's input. But yeah, we've looked at our charts together, so I feel like we're doing pretty good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but when I, I was, I'm careful about that because I just feel like it's easy to get a little superstitious. You know, um, we're kind of like as humans, a little prone to that. I think it's not really personal. We're kind of like scanning for danger. And I, I used to always listen to Jessica Lignato's podcast, uh, which is called Ghost of a Podcast. And one thing she really stresses that I really took to heart is the importance of if you're having an issue, it's your issue, look in your own damn chart. Like, don't look in your partner's chart. Don't look in your charts together. Um, look at your own shit. Like, deal with your shit. Go to therapy. <laughs> handle your shit. <laughs> That sounds like good, good advice all around. Uh, yeah, and it's really good advice, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't project. Like, you're, it's just an opportunity. That's all potentially just an opportunity to be projecting, right? Sure. Like, it's like, oh, it's because of your fucking... I have this problem because of you. You're Pluto Virgo in the, what you know, like... Totally. That's why it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, grow up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I hadn't looked at Kate and my chart together um, ever until, I don't know, last year, maybe. Yeah. Probably last so. year. And so, you know, give it a good, don't, don't rush into that. You know, you could give it 13 years. <laughs> you could give it 13 years. Um, but, uh, I saw the obvious, which we knew, like we know Kate's a Capricorn moon and I'm a cancer moon. So the, our moons are at least by sign in opposition, but they're actually pretty close to opposition, degrees and the I was like whoa like that's like not comfortable (laughs) aspects at all like that can speak to a kind of like a one potential with an with an opposition is there's a sense of like can't live with it can't live without it or like there's this kind of sense of impossible tension in oppositions I mean sometimes that's not that it's not always that dramatic guys but there there can be that energy and the moon among other things can relate to your emotional state and to nurturance and kind of what you need to feel cared for and feel safe and you know the moon is also the body and so, I mean, I feel like you could mine that for a lot, you yeah, know, sure. looking at, and of course Capricorn moon like speaks to, to challenges mm-hmm. in, in and of itself, like leaving me out of it. But, uh, one challenge that we had is have had and, and could still have at any moment. I mean, it's like yeah, we're still alive <laughs> is that like I'm needy and Kate is distant. Yeah. And it's like you can that's like the most obvious way that you would read that for sure warm cold yeah creative but also needy I mean cancer moon is like yeah it's cancer is dignified in uh, I'm sorry the moon is dignified in cancer like that's a really great place for the moon but it's also like a bit much I think I think it's like a bit much it's a lot of emotion it's a lot and it's all the time changing and it's a lot of like (laughs) I mean I think the shadow side is potentially being like I mean this is like these realizations just one by one year by year of like one time I realized I was like oh I say I love you sometimes but what I really mean is like I need your love (laughs) yeah and I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> that is some heavy stuff that I've just been like, I love you. But it's so that you'll be like, I love you. 
And it's like I do love you, but in that moment, what I'm really expressing is like I need I need stuff. Like yeah, I, sure. I need affection. I need love, and that you know fits, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely fits. And for you, there's kind of like there's almost like a need for like you have to kind of feel that sense of like you. Of course, you're like a human. You need love and nurturance and all the things, and maybe sometimes struggle to like express it. But there's also like a need for distance with that. Yeah, I just also need a lot of action to show me emotionally that, like, you're a good person over and over and over again. To for, like, for trust. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And um, I think probably with that emotional uh, changing or a wide array of emotions that a Cancerian moon can have, I think be a, be, me being a Gemini rising helps because I'm always sort of of interest of that on some degree I'm like oh a new person hello yeah oh oh, newness hello hello because all my people inside are like great we have a whole crowd in this room and it's just really the two of us but it feels like 50 of us yeah um so yeah that but when it comes to the um like it, it is hard to come out of the snowstorm into the warm room emotionally and be like dropping down and going outside of like show me something emotional so I believe you to like oh you're having a hard time I feel like you're really you're really good at it actually just as long as you're giving yourself what you need to yeah um is that still does that still come up for you I feel like we haven't talked about the trust thing in a long long time no that doesn't come up for me I think also like just throwing a a penny into the pile is like once we found out how we fight from an Enneagram perspective, everything totally like clicked in my head. Not everything, but I was like, Oh, okay. Knowing how we fight is really helpful. And that, this is, this is basic, basic. Like we have never, neither of us have ever taken a like Enneagram course or any of those things, but I feel like a lot of it's kind of intuitive. Like once you die, once you dive in, it's kind of like, um, cause you're a seven and I'm a nine and I think this is just Enneagraminstitute.com or <laughs> dot whatever they are and reading like, yeah, there was a whole, there's a whole little section on there. Any person can access for free. That's like Enneagram seven and nine, how they fight. And it was like, wow. Yep. That's how they fight. Yep. And that's how we fight. Yeah. And <laughs> And it was amazing because once you have a model of how those two things, how those two types argue, then you can work with what you have and catch yourself before Mm -hmm. you fall into what, say, a seven usually does. But it is interesting to think about that from our moons being opposing because I think there probably are some similarities yeah, I think like, it's certainly, totally the same. Yeah, with my Capricorn moon, I'm just repeating, repeating, repeating. Did you understand how I feel? I'm repeating, I'm repeating, I'm repeating. And that's what a seven does, right? And a cancer, my cancer moon is like crab shell closing <sighs> right now because I'm overwhelmed. I'm totally. totally overwhelmed. I'm flooded. Like, I'm going in the shell. And there's not getting, I mean, there's no coming out. Yeah, and for you a while. might cry and run out of the room and throw something on the way out. And not not like, anything hmm. dangerous. Yeah, like, I don't know. A like pillow. A pillow. <laughs> No, it's, it's so, in 
entirely true. Um, and, and it, I'm still left yeah. in this, like, Saturn, hmm, what's the problem? And kind of, like... I thought I explained it really well. I'm feeling not understood. Like, <laughs> when it's really, like, I don't know if I understand or don't understand, but, like, this has gone on far too long. I'm totally overwhelmed. Like, I need a little time to, to cool off yeah. and process. Yeah. But, and it's, like, I think that is right there in, in astrology, but I wouldn't have seen it. No, no. I wouldn't have seen it. I, I mean, that's... That, and that speaks to me, like, you know, only being however many years into astrology because it's kind of an infinite, it's kind of an infinite thing. Um, you can just kind of keep pe- peeling back layers and layers with. Uh, but the, I mean, and that you're talking about from your perspective, like, p- that you've, you've been working on it, right? Like, yeah. ha- like how to show up and yeah. not just be, not be distant. For me, like, that's been a whole thing, too, of, like, because, of course, I can be distant, too, but the, but my main thing is that I'm needy, right? And so, like, working with myself around that has been huge, and it's been layer after layer after layer to, like, fill myself up. Yeah, I feel like also for me, my dad was a Capricorn. I don't know. We don't know what his moon or rising was, though we might be able to figure it out. But um, I don't know. Understanding my moon sign has been helpful because I feel like it's helped me understand my dad. Mm -hmm. And by extension, it's helped me understand you because you're a Capricorn. So all that's been helpful. But it has taken time. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, I can see why that would be the case, too. I mean, because especially, like, Capricorn, we don't always... I feel like I maybe do a little bit more, but we're more, like, about action. Totally. Like, I'm... Than speech or something. It's more about, like, action over time. Like, that's what love is. Sure. I get that. Yeah. Which I... Which not everyone... That does not work for everyone. Yeah. Definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, Yeah. I feel like those were the main things I wanted to talk about. Well, I had one thing... Just because I... It's like... mm, Like, in my mind as a guest, I'm like, Ooh, how has uh, astrology been helpful for me? Or what's my little journey so far with astrology? And the other thing I did... Felt like I had to put a little something in is... Molly also did a chart for um, the acupuncture clinic that I own, and so we drew it from the date and time of the day it opened and the time that the doors were open for people to come in as patients. And it's a community acupuncture clinic, so it's treating a bunch of people in in a... peaceful calm setting together in comfortable reclining chairs <laughs> you've never had to say that yeah before. i've never had to yeah, say no. that before but um so that was really cool looking at the clinic's chart because oddly enough and i mean i don't know i mean i don't know how it ended up this way but um because it's magical it's magical yeah. right so the chart was actually very close to my very compatible with my own personal chart which seems to make sense but I don't think it always works out that way and to the extent by which like their stellium the clinic stellium I think is in their 10th house no that's not true you mean um 
Well, no, well, let me think, because you are, like, Kate's tenth house is this whole sign of, if we're doing Pisces. whole sign of Pisces, and then the clinic's sun is in Pisces. Yeah. But I don't remember which, what the clinic's rising is or how that worked out. But it, that's just very it's fitting. Pisces in the ninth, so oh. it's a little bit behind... Or in, in front. Night. I don't know. I'm all confused. But <laughs> suffice to say, not to be stuck on that where we're, like, on the podcast being like, hmm, I, I, know, I know edits can happen, but I really want to keep doing this thing <laughs> and holding my chin in my hand. But um, it was really helpful because the clinic, I had had um, things like electronic music being played during treatments, which was really cool. And um, there are a lot of plants in the clinic. And... Um, so the clinic is a is a Sag moon. Oh yeah. With a Cancer rising. Cancer rising. And I was like, wow, look at all the kind of funny little things, you know, about that. Like having a lot of plants around for the Sag and um, having a lot of art on the walls and. Ooh. Kate also like always has little toys and seashells everywhere, and I mean I think that fits with that too. Like can- with Cancer, there's kind of like a love of. Having a lot of shit around, basically. <laughs> doodads. Yeah, doodads and projects. And you're like, no problem. Yeah, I got that all covered just naturally. <laughs> but, um, and the other thing, the last thing I, th- I think I wanted to say about the clinic, if I remember it, is that, um, so I started doing things that the clinic would enjoy based on its chart. So for a very long time, I would open the clinic and play whale noises. Yeah. For, like, a long time. Yeah, and close the shift after everybody's left, playing whale noises. And I would build altars with shells. And, um, you know, the clinic was like, I want a fish. And I was like, a fish? Like, I turned the heat down to, like, 50 or off most nights. So the turning to 50 is a new development. She used to just turn it off. (laughs) Yeah, just just shut up. Until the other, I don't know, a couple months ago I came in and it was, like, the set of Frozen. Like, all the windows were, like some mammoth frozen creature had gone and the other businesses near in the strip mall like had none of that and she was, I was like, like well, I'm cheap as shit <laughs> yeah. I gotta turn the heat on a little bit just a little bit yeah so there's like an inch of fluffy frost totally clinic didn't like that so we, I was uh, afraid of killing a fish or a turtle but um there are plans one day that will there will be a a trained health dog named Archer yeah. That will come and work at the clinic, and when, but when you've told the clinic, isn't isn't the clinic kind of like I want a fish, not a yeah, dog? Yeah, <laughs> you'll have to figure that out. Yeah, I'll have to figure it out. Well, and I love how that chart, like you were already seeing the clinic kind of as like a being, like an entity. A, a, yeah. yeah, like this energy that you can you can work with, and then the chart kind of like gave you all of this inspiration for how to do that, and uh, you totally. just ran with it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And the, um, I mean, maybe there'll be a compromise and there'll be like a plug-in bubbling little thing. I just don't want all the patients to want to have to pee when I put their damn needles in. I know. We have an extra kitty fountain now. (laughs) Why don't we just put it in the waiting room? I know you'll love that. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be great. Kate loves the sound of the kitty fountain. Yeah, that and white noise machines. I can't wait (laughs) for that experience. (laughs) (laughs) One more child to shut off. Yeah, the kitty fountain, um... 
Anyway, we have an old cat. She's 17. She gets special shit. But, uh, yeah, I love how you've worked with the clinic that way. And there's, I mean, there's so many things I could say, I guess, about my own chart and my own journey. But I feel like that was, oh, I'll just say one more thing. Because um, Kate mentioned it earlier, actually, when Mars goes retro, she really feels it and just wants to go to bed. And I have the same thing. Uh I don't know if I always notice it when Mars goes retrograde as much as when, so I'm a Libra rising. So whenever Mars transits my first, it's, it's a Mars in fall. And so that means like Mars can't really Mars that well. It's kind of hard. And I just always like, it's just a very funny experience. And I don't mean I'm looking ahead and predicting this because I'm not. That's my whole thing. Like, I don't do that. I want to be present in the moment. But I'll just notice that, uh, like, the last time Mars passed through Libra, I just was kind of, like, sitting wrapped in a blanket, gazing out the window, and I could not get myself. It was so hard to get myself to the gym. And that had not been happening. Like, I was, like, cranking. You know, I was so into it. And then it was just, like, "Mm, I just want to gaze out. It's so Libra, like, to just, Libra just wants to sit there and, like, take it all in. But it was interesting how the Mars kind of, like, activated that. But also, yeah, how it impacted, I think, like, Mars, if Mars, like, classically relates to fighting, and that can still be relevant. But, like, for my life, I think that probably shows up in terms of exercise to some, I mean, unless I'm having an argument that. Um, kind of shows up as exercise and it's like nope we're not really gonna want to do that right now you can you can push through or you can take a break but it's not gonna be easy to keep going but then when Mars is in better condition I just feel so good exercising like it just feels amazing so I feel like that's kind of nice to get for, for, for folks to be aware of I don't think everyone feels Mars so physically um but it can make you feel a little bit more like once again, like this is temporary. I can make a choice. I can take a month off or two months off or like scale it way down or I can push through as long as you, you have to be careful with Mars not to hurt yourself, but (laughs) you can, you can make choices and do it however you want to do it. But it's like, yeah, this is temporary. This isn't like, there's nothing wrong with you probably. And it's not your new reality. It's just for right now. Yeah. I mean, I think that, Mars being almost it's going to be coming out of my first house very yeah, soon, going soon. into my second house. But is that right? Yeah. Um, that's the direction. Yeah. Yep. That's the direction. <laughs> but I mean, my natal Mars, let's be clear, is in my 12th house in the like um, VA retirement home because so she's got basically. mars and taurus in the 12th house so we always are like and, and it's like ruling all of our aries stuff right so it's like we're always joking yeah it's like um it's like the retirement home it's like absolutely yeah the va so when it's like so like if it's in reverse i still feel like i i get the transit thing but it's like isn't that affecting my birth chart or how am i feeling it in my birth chart so i'm just like in a like not lasting forever but in a very in a short enough coma in the nursing home. Like I'm not only like, I'm really asleep for during that time, but you still get shit done. Oh, that's true. I mean, do you feel like it slows you down though? In terms of, in terms of like, I just don't have a lot of oomph. Yeah. I don't have a lot of fire in my kindling. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Yeah. And I mean, 
that's and that's a whole interesting thing too like because we're kind of talking about the negative other than the diamond ring because it's also like someone like Kate who has Mars in Taurus natally like you know there's so many ways to work with that so that it doesn't really feel like a problem you know but also whenever transiting Mars comes around in different signs and houses that are more uh, like energized, like she gets to ride that wave, yeah. basically. Um, and you can go forever. Totally. Like in Aries and a Taurus, it's like <laughs> work, 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 work. Redo your whole garden yep. in a day. For yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, redo the whole garden. <laughs> Whether you needed it or not. <laughs> exactly. Well, I feel like that's about it, huh? Cool, yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Let me give you a kiss. <laughs> all right that's it thank you so much for listening to the soil and stars podcast any relevant links will be in the episode description on your podcast player so that includes the link to my website soilandstars.art where you can purchase the know your chart know yourself workshop for beginners and uh what else you can also book an astrology reading there and i'll include the link to the patreon page uh, which i'm so excited about because i am hoping to be able to pay someone else to do the editing uh, for this and also to get another microphone so like fingers crossed that's those are my dreams and goals right now so thanks so much for being a part of it share it with your friends if you are moved and until then until next time be well